Hello and welcome to the Thrive For You Besties podcast. I am your bestie, Carolina. And through these episodes, you will meet some of my besties who helped inspire me and uplift me in the moments where I needed it the most. And so hopefully we develop a community where we all help each other, share our stories, and you know, just have some fun and feel our best, which is the most important thing. Let's get started. If you are a survivor of domestic violence or are currently in an abusive relationship, please do not move forward with this episode. There will be some triggers. Use your discretion. Protect yourself. Okay, we made ourselves comfortable. We're sitting here in the sala. The sala? Did you just say that with an accent? In the sala. (laughs) It feels like Thanksgiving already. (laughs) I'm glad that's over. Anyway, so this is my bestie. Um, This is my Nalves. I feel like I can talk to you guys about a lot of things, but parenthood is not something that I've experienced. So what better than to have somebody tell us about being a mom than someone who's an actual mom. Yay! You haven't fully experienced it, but you have experienced because you have Chris and you have your nieces and your nephews and you know what you're doing. Okay, so we should start from the beginning. Well, tell us about your relationship with um, your son's dad. How did you guys meet and how was that at first? Okay, so I met him. I was 21 when I met him and I met him through my sister. She is currently married to his uncle. So we met through family. When we met, it was um, it was actually pretty, it wasn't nothing formal. His uncle used to coach a soccer team, which was his team. And on Sundays, we would all hang out. We would go to the soccer games. And me and my brother-in-law would get along great. Well, we still do, but more back then. So we would go out, hang out Sundays. And he was just like, hey, I want you to really meet my nephew. I think you guys will get along great. He's a hard worker. He's a great guy. Uh, He's really different from, you know, many of the men out here right now. I just think that you would do really good for him and he would do really good for you. And at that time, I was just like really closed off to like relationships just because I was in a really good place with my job. I had moved out of my parents house I was um actually we were all roommates my sisters and I and I was just like 21 doing my thing working I would say at that time living my best life and uh, I wasn't really wanting to meet anyone but they were like really pushy so I was like you know what doesn't hurt to meet the guy maybe we can be friends or something like that so you met you dated how did your relationship grow well we did move really fast so we dated shortly for about five months and during those five months it was actually you just spill your coffee yeah not a parent but (laughs) me being a mom i told you to leave your drinks on the table you guys moved quickly yes we did move quickly so we did about five months so i would say we really didn't give each other the time to truly get to know each other but at that time i guess in my head in my young mentality i was just like i'm in a good spot i have a good job i'm financially independent i'm ready for a child he was the one who started with the baby fever and our relationship was going good or at least in my mind i wanted to believe it was going good yeah what made you know that you were ready to be a mom since i was like 18 19 i don't know it was just always in me to be a mom well maybe because i helped raise my nieces and my nephew i always had that responsibility since i was little um i'm sure a lot of people 
Hispanic households can relate you know there's not really like a age limit to where you're like responsible for the young ones we start learning to babysit and be responsible for the little siblings and nieces and nephews so growing up I always felt like I was always uh babysitting them taking care of them like I basically helped raise those kids especially I mean you've been around my family you know that my nieces and my nephews are like my kids those are my girls those are my boys um so at 19 you know I'd always start telling my mom I'm ready to be a mom she'd be like you're crazy and I'm like look I'm, I feel inside of me that I'm ready to be a mom if that was to ever happen I understand that um not everything plays out right as a fairy tale with the happy ending with the husband and everything but in any case I myself feel like I am ready to be a mom whether that works out with my child's dad or not so in my mind I don't want to say that I was setting myself up for failure in my relationship but I was just seeing at all the factors and how things could go wrong uh, before bringing a child into this world. You guys decided to have your son. Correct. During the time that you were dating or up until you got pregnant, did your relationship stay pretty consistent? Or um, did you notice like any things that you would now, knowing what you know, like was there anything that you would say like stood out to you? Is it like a potential red flag? Definitely. So at the beginning, he was very, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say he was a fuck boy at the beginning of a relationship, but he, I just wasn't his priority. So the weekends would come because he, he would work in construction. Uh, he was an electrician and Friday night would come and instead of coming home uh, or coming over on a Friday, he would be like, oh, I, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to go to a soccer game or I'm going to go to a football game. I'll see you later on tonight. And he would come home or come over to my home over like around 9 or 10 p.m., which, I mean, we know what oh, those hell no. we know what those hours are for. Oh, hell um, no. If anybody is hitting you up after 9, 9 or 10 even if he's your boyfriend, definitely. Okay, so did you ever call him out on that? Or was that just like the no, standard? No, I mean, honestly, I've never been, you know, my, my a lot of people would give me shit about it. Like, oh, you're so nice and you're so like free-willing. You let them do whatever they want, you know? And it's like at that time, or I, you know, I, I just, I've never been a controlling girlfriend where, no, you need to come over right now or I'm going to get mad. I would just let him do his thing. When he was, when he would come over, I'd be like, okay, he's here because he wants to. So he would come over late and then he would spend all the Saturday with me. And then Sunday he would either bring clothes to leave to work Monday morning, or he would leave Sunday night to go back uh, at the time he was living with his parents. <laughs> Still does, but he, <laughs> he would go pack and uh, get ready for uh, Monday morning work that was at the beginning later on a little bit a little bit later on into a relationship he started coming over during the week so it was it was becoming more stable he would come home instead of going back to his place he would come to my place after work he would bring his clothes and um, things were actually getting better we were building a better connection as a couple I want to say living together but not living together because it was never something official but I mean he had a side in, the cl in my closet of his clothes and He'd come over and he'd be like, hey, I'm, I'm on my way home. He'd have dinner ready when he came home. So it's like the, we were- He'd have dinner ready, like you would have dinner ready for him. To of eat. course, of course, <laughs> yes. And he'd have his clothes washed and everything, doing the wifey stuff. Okay. So we were playing home, I guess, already without being officially living together. Okay, so you guys decide that you want to have a baby. Are you living together at this point? Or no, he's, around. he's still going and coming, but he's basically at my house. Did he have a plan for that? Yeah. So when we got pregnant, we were in the talks of actually my sister was going to move out 
and my other sister had already moved out with her boyfriend so basically where i was living at was just basically all for myself because my sister was my sisters were rarely home so the plan was he was gonna move into my place that did not happen um he wasn't ready to let go of his parents and the home that he was in when my lease came up and i would get up in the morning mind you he lives about 40 45 minutes away from me so i would get up in the morning i was already pregnant at the time get up come to work do my stuff and then head back in the afternoons to be with him by the time he got home i imagine that was also exhausting because um from what i've heard when you're pregnant like you're like really tired and very sleepy like a literal person is growing inside you taking everything that you have and um so oh i was exhausted i would get to work six seven in the morning and i just wanted to take a nap in my car and at that time i had um a backup foreman because i I, well I, i work in agriculture and uh i would be like hey i'm here if you need anything just call me but you're in charge right now of the of the cruise and everything anything goes bad just call me and i would literally take a nap in my car because i was completely exhausted just from the drive over here already at five in the morning did you communicate that to him at any point like yo i'm tired i mean i guess that was my fault i never really communicated because my i would say my flaw is i am so independent nothing's ever wrong with me i got it i can do it all and at that moment, I'm like, it's just a drive. It's just a commute. And I always always compare myself because he works in the Bay. I'd be like, well, why, why, why am I complaining over a 40-minute drive when he's commuting two hours in the afternoon, maybe two hours and a half, three with traffic? I shouldn't complain. But is he driving or is he passenger? They uh, they would switch off because they would all commute. So he would drive twice a week, rest, the rest. Off with you? No one. Exactly. So at that time, I was, I was undermining my effort because it wasn't compared to his, but... Now I look back and I'm like... Well, and we can recognize that it could have been something that if he also knows what the drive feels like, of course. he should have, could have recognized it in you. Of course. And further on, when we finally did move in into our own place, I was like six months pregnant when I gave, uh, I gave up where I was living up. So we I didn't renew the lease to uh, where I was living. So he said come live with me and my family for uh, a few weeks while we find a place to live um, and we'll get our own place. I always said, okay. okay. so you were pregnant for six months doing this driving back and forth? I was already almost living there basically because when we gave up the lease, I had to bring my stuff over to his house because I wasn't going to move it back to my parents. Did you feel when that was happening that it was temporary? Even Definitely. Even if you didn't say yet that it was temporary, you just felt like, obviously I'm having your baby. Of course. We're move out. Yeah. Definitely. It was, that was what we had said. It was going to be temporary. We were going to start looking for apartments, stuff like that. Fast forward, we don't have a room. We don't have privacy because uh, it's a two bedroom apartment that his parents live in. So they have one bedroom. His little sister has another one that she's sharing with her boyfriend. And we're stuck in the living room with no privacy whatsoever. And I'm six and a half months pregnant. The girls who have gone through pregnancy at night, you get this like fire sensation. Your hips are burning. Or at least I went through that. And I know a few people would be like, yeah, we get that too at nighttime on your side. You know, after a certain time, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, your hips feel like they're on fire. Oh, I can imagine it's a lot of pressure on your body. I was sleeping on the floor. I had asked them, hey, uh, should I rent like a U-Haul place or, you know, like storage so I can put our mattress in there? There's no point. He'd be like, no, it's okay. Our mattress. Our mattress, which was my mattress. (laughs) Our mattress, exactly, in in the storage room. So, you know, and he's like, no, it's okay. We're going to get a new one, blah, blah, blah. We're going to buy everything new. Oh, okay, great. Okay, cha cha but I never threw away my mattress. I put it, I asked my parents, hey, can I store it in the garage? And they're like, yeah. 
It's so the backup plan. Yes. It was always there. And we were sleeping on the on the floor and it got to a point where I could not sleep at all because I was just in pain moving around. I, I told him, I was like, look, it's it's too much for me. I don't have privacy. It's understandable if you're not ready to move out, you can stay here with your parents, but I'm leaving. So he's like, no, 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 we're going to get somewhere to go. So I was like, all right. So we start looking for apartments that same week. His mom blindsides me with, hey, da-da-da, spoke with me. He wants to all of us to move into a house. Let's go look at houses. All of us. us. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What do you mean we're all going to go into one home? And she goes, yeah, he wants to buy a house. Uh, oh, buy a house. Buy a house. Yeah, he, he wanted to buy a house. He obviously couldn't put his name on the on the title or anything because at the moment he was in a really bad place with DUIs and none of that stuff. That day he came home. I was like, why did your mom just take me to go look at houses? We haven't even talked to a realtor or any of that stuff. What's going on? He's like, well, I just think it's better if we all move in all together. I'm like, why would you even think that's a good idea? I'm about to have a newborn in two months crying at random hours of the day. Your family is not used to having a newborn baby crying. I'm going to feel pressured to making sure that my child is not disturbing their sleep when I should be, you know, in the comfort of my home. If my kid wants to scream full lungs, he can. Or if I want to walk around, I don't know, butt ass naked, I should be able to. And I can't. It's the same thing. And it wasn't even so much a bedroom as just living with someone else. You don't have that privacy. Well, and not only that, but at this point, it's been seven months. It's been seven months. Like, if you were going to plan on buying a home, I would imagine that, one, in those seven months, you would have talked to me about it. Exactly. Two, you would talk to me about it before you talked to your mom about it. Or maybe if you wanted to consult your mom, but at that point, it was a decision that was already made. Yeah, it's like, who are you having the baby with? How did you move past that? Well, I told him, I'm not moving in with another family. If I want to live with a, with a family, I'm going to move in with my parents. I don't need to live with another family. Much love to your parents. I love them. Don't get me wrong. They were very supportive throughout my pregnancy. His mom is an angel. She would bring me food and fruits and everything. She took a lot of to make sure that I was okay. So it was nothing against her. I just wanted to have the experience of having uh, my own home with my newborn and the person who at that moment I wanted to, you know, enjoy the time with, which was his, my son's child. I mean, my son's dad. So when that was like, you know, in the talks of not happening, I was just like, I'm not having it. So I told him, you do what you want. If you don't want to get a place with me, that's fine. But I'm not doing this. And uh, I think he understood my points of privacy and everything. That same week, we went Do you think he understood your points for you? Or do you think he understood your points and how it would affect him? I think it was more also uh, how it would affect him. Because a lot of the, the points that I made, I'm like, look, you like to live a certain way. You like your privacy. You can't do that. Let's say you and I are arguing. I'm not doing the arguing in front of your parents or holding back because, ooh, your mom's going to hear something or your stepdad's going to hear something or your sister's going to meddle in. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And if you want to tell me something as well, they're going to meddle in. I was like, it's just not the way to live, right? So Um, at this point, you're seven months pregnant, which means you're maybe like um, a year and like three months into the relationship. You were together for like six months? Yeah. Okay. What do those fights look like? Well, this is the thing. They were horrible fights. While we were dating before pregnancy, there were arguments, you know, little arguments, discussions. They weren't nothing serious. About what? I don't know. Petty stuff. It was nothing really serious. The very, very first argument that we had was because I was pregnant. I was about two, three months pregnant and he wanted to go out clubbing. But he wanted me to stay home. LOL. 
he wanted me to stay home. He goes, hey, I'm going to go out to the club with my friends. And I was like, well, I was like, I'm kind of tired. He goes, well, you're not. Yeah, that's fine. That's the point. That's the point. No, and the craziest thing that I was leaving my, he came pick me up. Listen, he came in, he picked me up. He's like, we're going to go out to eat. We're going to go shopping. We're going to go to the movies. But like around five or six, I'm taking you back to your place. Because I'm going to go clubbing with the boys. So I'm like, well, is there going to be girls there? You know, like, are, like, are the boys taking their girls, their couples? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, so why am I not going? Or Because you're pregnant. Right. But at the time, I wasn't showing. I didn't show till six, and seven let months. let me, like, recap. Like, it's the because you're pregnant. I don't mean, like, because you're pregnant and it's unsafe to go out. It's because you're pregnant and you're not going to be fun right for him. right of course cost block to the max exactly so i was like well my guy we had this conversation before i got knocked up were you ready to give up the clubbing scene the partying the chilling out with the boys to have to build a home with a family he's like well yeah but it's only a, it's a one-time thing i'm like listen you're not gonna come and treat me like a child oh let's take you shopping and eating and all this stuff so that you can be happy so i can go do fuckboy shit absolutely not and also like i'm just curious would he do those things often or was that do you think like to soften you up that was it was that was the one time because that man never bought me clothes i can honestly say till this day i never personally financially dependent on him ever not even when i wasn't working okay but we're not talking depending we're talking like gifting nothing nothing he never gifted me nothing he never bought me nothing but that certain day i remember because that day he wanted to spoil me which was something that i wasn't used to with him yeah so immediately you're like i don't trust this no yeah why are you doing this coming so i told him i was like you can trauma response right choose you can go clubbing with me or you can take me back home and we're done because i'm not doing this right Wait, you didn't even get the gifts? I didn't get nothing. I didn't Did get the food. Did you get the dinner? No. I, we were on the freeway when he was telling me, hey, I'm going to go take you shopping and all this stuff. But tonight, and I said, absolutely not. Keep your money. Keep your gifts. Keep your shopping. Keep your lunch. Take me back home. So what's the point? Did he go out? He did. He decided. He decided to go out that night. And I was like, all right. So that Yo, if you can see my face, the audacity. He did. He went out. He chose his boys. And I was just like, you know, back then, very toxic. I just wanted to see where his priorities were and where his mind was at the moment. Well, I was already too deep and I was well, already knocked I up. think that it was kind of like the 13th reason for you. Because right. you already were seeing how he wasn't choosing you in other parts, mm-hmm. including your living situation. And so when he did this, where he chose his boys, it was kind of more like, I think for you, it was like a reiteration of what you already felt in all these other parts. Right. It was, it was my spidey senses telling me, hey, this is not going to go as smooth as you thought. So how did he like make his way back? Uh, the next day, blowing up my phone early in the morning. Hey, I'm sorry. I messed up. I didn't even have fun. I just realized that. Do you believe him that he didn't have fun? No, absolutely not. That was his way of making his way back. He's like, can we go out? Uh, there's a festival out in uh, Marin oh, County. No! There's a festival in Marin County. Can we just go have the day at the festival? We can talk things. Just like, let's talk. So I got ready. Right. We also, you're pregnant. And you're like, okay. Like, okay. It's my kid's dad. And we're going to go to the festival. And maybe, maybe you want to play house. Or, you know, be a family. 
Yeah. So the day comes, morning comes, he comes picks me up. He goes, oh, my sister and her boyfriend coming along. So I'm like. Told you when he got there? Yeah. You, oh, he came, picked me up, and he goes, oh, uh, my sister's getting ready. We're going back back to pick her oh, up. Oh, shit. So I'm like, okay, great. Well, this this should be fun. Yeah, because we're supposed to be talking. Right. Him and her, her his sister's boyfriend start drinking. By the time we get to the festival, he's completely hammered. Completely. Who's driving? I am. <laughs> Don't give me that look. <laughs> so I'm driving. And he's completely hammered at the festival, making a fool of himself because he, this man cannot handle his liquor or alcohol, any kind of alcohol. He just loses complete self-control. He makes a fool of himself. So I'm just like, all right, can we just go back to the truck? You need to sleep it off. I'm not going to call your sister. We're going to let her enjoy her time at the festival. You need to go sleep it off the truck. That night we come back. We didn't go back to my place. We went back to his place, to his parents' house. And he sobered up and that night we were talking and you know he apologized and everything and said he was gonna try to do better and be better and i believed him and uh yeah that that was like our first because how are you supposed to drive yourself home if he picked you up right exactly so i was that was our first like argument where i was just like wait maybe maybe i should have held off on getting pregnant so fast but you know at the same time i'm like well i'm already two feet deep in so there's no going back okay so then you guys move out we move out we find our own little place within a week right what was postponed seven months and a half we got it done in a week we get our place did we, he do it or did you? we both did we both he took a day off work we went uh apartment searching we found one we applied we both got approved at this point you had given him an ultimatum i imagine yeah okay so, so now you have your apartment we have our apartment fast forward we have an apartment we move in both of us we both put our half and half of our deposit with our first so month. So you're month. on maternity leave on disability yeah. income. Yeah. And you had to pay half of the deposit. Yeah, because he didn't have enough. This man is an electrician. Mm-hmm. What was his income? Uh, at that time, he was working locally. He was making about 23 an hour. Okay. This was five years ago. 2016. Yeah. Six years ago. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, go on. Well, we actually hosted Thanksgiving because we wanted everybody to come into our home. So we hosted Thanksgiving. Um, what was that like having your family around? Uh, I imagine that nobody knew that he would make an ass of himself or that he went clubbing. No, no, no one knew. I've never been the kind to worry to want to worry my parents about what I was doing or what I was going through. So I would just put on a happy face. Hey, come on over. We're a happy family. I'm going to have a baby. Um you guys are going to be grandparents. It's it's all magic Plus, and wonders. You wanted to be happy. I wanted to be happy. I did. Um, so we host Thanksgiving. Uh, we, have, we go through Christmas, and then we welcome our son in January. What was that like? Um, now, living together on your own, did you ever fight? Absolutely. What were the fights like? Um, they were horrible he was violent and he was he had been violent with me while I was pregnant too um which this is when you guys were living with his parents yes um the first time he was violent with me I was about five months pregnant um I had bought us tickets to go watch Kevin Hart in Stockton um that night comes he comes home for work he gets ready we're going he's like hey can you make a pit stop at a convenience store so I can get some alcohol pregame I'm like oh okay you want a pregame for a comedy show <laughs> So I'm like, all right. So we get to the parking lot. There was a car next to us. They were pre-gaming too. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is a thing. Just pre-gaming for a comedy show? Okay. We go get our seats. We had good seats. And this man's already wasted. 
obviously they do the no recording keep your phones in your pocket we're not going to tolerate phones out after a certain time we're going to ask you to leave this man kept on pulling out his phone oh no kept on pulling out his phone and i'm like can you please put your phone away and he'd be like why are you fucking tripping like chill the fuck out and i'm like can you just put it away like i don't want to get kicked out want to watch i want to watch kevin hart yeah i'm sober i'm sober yes i want to enjoy the show and he's like, he has a tall can. He bought two tall cans because the man can't can't buy one. He had to buy two. But so, he was already wasted. From, yes. From the pregame. So he just starts. He's like, give me a kiss, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, me, my anxiety started. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do what he wants to not piss him off. I don't want him to like make a scene. Make a scene, right? So I'm like, okay, and he starts being really aggressive. And I'm like, dude, like relax. And he's like, oh, you don't love me. And I'm like, you're completely wasted. Just. Take a drink of water or something. At this point, we identify that this is not a good relationship. This has become an abusive relationship because Absolutely. at this point, you're like more concerned with mitigating the emotions and his reactions than right. even enjoying the show. Absolutely. So it gets to the point where he's just like cursing me out, calling me names. And the people around me are like, sweetheart, are you okay? Um, and at that moment... I just felt so embarrassed. I'm like, I am that girl that's getting checked on by other strangers because it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable the way you're being treated. So I got up and I left. I walked out. I didn't. But to him, that was almost like uh, disrespectful. Yeah. Oh yeah. He just felt like I had left him there. So he kept calling me. Goes, where are you at? I'm like, dude, I am leaving. I'm not gonna go back to the seat. And tolerate your disrespect and have other strangers be worried about me because my son's dad is being abusive to me. You're disrespecting me. So we get to the garage. He follows me. And I'm like, hey, I'm right here because I was standing on the side getting some fresh air. He turns around and immediately just like slaps me like full force, just like open palm right in the face. And at that moment, my mind went into shock where I'm just like, wait, what just happened? Was that the first time he's ever? Definitely. Yeah, that was the first time. And I'm like, what just happened? This, this, this just not. Like, this can't be my life. Yeah, this is not it. I'm not going to be that girl. He did not just hit me while I'm pregnant with this child. Well, that was the first lap, followed by more and hair pulling. And he dragged me to the truck. You're out of the car at this point in the garage, not in the car. So he slaps you outside Mm -hmm. and then drags you into the car. Yeah, into it. Yeah, into the truck. Obviously, I have to drive, and he's just going ballistic. He kicks the windshield, right? He kicks the the airbag department. He kicked, like, the dashboard. Yeah, the dashboard in, full force. Uh, mind you, this is, like, a six-foot dude, huge, right? So I can't control him. He kicks the windshield. So it looks like we just got into a car accident from the outside because the windshield is completely shattered. Glass is flying. It's chipping off, and there's cops outside. And I'm, like, in my mind... I'm like, he's either going to hurt me, he's either going to kill hurt himself. Me, hurt himself, or he's he's going to go to jail. He's going to get caught. So I, I tell him- Did you him, want to ask for help? I did. For yourself? I, honestly, at that time, I just wanted him to get home safely. Because in my mind, it was the alcohol. This is not him. Sober him could never hurt me. It's the alcohol. So you, it didn't, I guess what I'm trying to find out is like, did you feel like you needed help or did you have more concern about him being arrested if somebody witnessed this? Yeah, I was more concerned about him going to jail. I was. This, uh, Kevin Hart was in Stockton. My parents live, what, like 20 minutes? 
I was getting past my parents' house. So in the I finally get him to settle down, right? And I'm like, okay, he's so completely wasted. He's about to fall asleep. So I drive around Stockton. Like there was a little bit of comfort in that. Yes, right? I'm like, I can't wait till he falls asleep. Well, between him falling asleep, I'm driving, and he's still slapping me. While you're driving? He's, yes, he's hitting me as I'm driving. And all I, I just remember driving with one hand in the steering wheel, one hand covering my stomach. I'm like, at least he won't hit me in my stomach. He's hitting me in the face. He's hitting, he's hair pulling, whatever. And at some point, I'm just like, do I need to pull over to my parents' house? My parents. That are was when you felt like you needed help. Right. I'm like, my parents will help me. But at that moment, I'm like, if you pull into your parents' house and they see what's going on, They're this, gonna is, know. this is the end of the relationship because you know better. Your parents are going to hold you accountable to make the choice. Never got off the freeway. Went straight to Sacramento. And I called his mom and I was like, hey, I'm on my way to your apartment. Your son is completely wasted. He has put his hands on me. The moment I get there, I need you guys to be outside because he's going to wake up and he's going to start aggravating, like hitting me again. What did she say? She said, okay. She goes, just, she kept, she stayed on the phone with me. She goes, what's going on? I'm like, well, he got drunk. He was making a fool of himself. He was starting to be abusive. Disrespect me. I explained everything. So we pull up to the apartment. She's already outside. Uh, His sister was outside as well as the boyfriend. And sure enough, the moment I turn off the truck, he wakes up. So I jump off the truck and I go inside and they hide me because this man wakes up and he's trying to beat my ass still. What? He woke up from a 40 minute looking for you, looking for me, asking where I was because he wanted to beat my ass. And his mom was like, you need to relax. You need to, you need to, you need to go to sleep tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll find her and we'll talk about it. So he falls asleep. Right. And you know, they're making sure that I'm okay. They're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. So a few hours pass by where they're like, okay, you can go into the living room. I'm like, all right, he's passed out. Because we knew that when he got stupid drunk like that, he'd pass out. Nothing could wake him up. This was before you moved out. So right. when you were looking for places to move out, did that ever cross your mind? Or did yeah. he make you think like, oh, I, it was a one-time thing. It's never going to happen again? Yeah. It, it, it always stays in the back of your mind. No matter what, it stays in the back of your mind. He apologized and he said, that wasn't me. You know I would never hurt you or our son. It was alcohol. I'm going to... You know, live in my alcohol. This is not going to happen again. So when we move in, when we're alone and he decides to get drunk, who's going to be there to help me? Where am I going to run to? His parents only live like about five minutes away from us, but it was still always like those five minutes, anything can happen. Um, so sure enough, I would, I would say I was like, yeah, it was it was during the holidays. Cause I remember uh, we went to go out to eat with a couple of family friends. He got stupid drunk again. I was about eight months pregnant and he we went home. He wanted to keep drinking. I was like, it's late. Let's just go to bed. He's like, well, go get me more beer. I'm like, it's fine. Like, we don't need more beer. Just go to bed. Yeah, you can't drive. And he's like, well, go get it. Literally, what would that look like going into buying a beer? As an eight-month? Yeah, with your big old belly. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, no. And he's like, well, I'm going to go get some. I hid the keys, and he lost it. It's late at night. It's like 11. He goes, give me the keys. And I'm like, I'm not going to give you the keys. You're not going to drive. Completely destroys the whole apartment. Upside down. Everything. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's about to get bad. What do you do at that point? We had a, we had a pretty big walk-in closet i will say that 
So I went in there and I would just let him do his thing. He was punching walls, kicking doors. Like he broke our door. It was, it was bad. He was throwing stuff. He made holes in our walls and I was hiding in the, in the closet. And I remember he opened the door and I was just like, you know, covering my stomach. Cause it, it didn't have a lock. You just like, mm-hmm. Open there. Mm-hmm. okay. So and he opens the door. He opens the door and he's like, where are the keys? I'm like, I don't know. So he starts pulling all of the clothes off of the shelves, off the hangers. And I'm just like facing the wall, not wanting to look at him just to not piss him off more, avoid eye contact. And I remember I just felt a fist to the back of my head. He punched you. Yeah. And I remember I fell to my knees and I, I, I looked up, you know, like in those movies where they plead to have mercy. That was me. I was on my knees and I looked up. Did, your, did you, I feel like, did your soul leave your body like in that moment? I went numb. My body just like went numb. Once again, I'm like, he did it again. Did you see yourself from the outside? Like that movie? Yes. For a second. Well, when he, when he punched me in the back of my head, I fell to my knees. Like everything went black. Like he hit me so hard. I fell to my knees. Everything went black. And I needed like a second. And I'm like, I'm on the floor. He's going to kick me. So that's when I kind of reacted. And I was like, just stop, please, please. And for a second, he kind of realized in between all his drunkenness and his chaos. And he went to bed. Literally went to bed. He went to bed. All that. And then he went to bed. He went straight to bed. I'm like, okay, well, at least it's done. And I couldn't sleep in that bed with him. So I went to the couch that night and I spent there and like around 5 a.m. I remember it was like 5 a.m. He woke up and he was like, what's going on? Why is the apartment like this? And I, I heard him the opening. The fucking audacity. Yeah. He opened the doors looking for me because that's what he always do. He would always do that. The first thing he would do was look for me. Maybe scared that I would run away or I don't know, but he would get up. So when he saw me in the couch, he like automatically went and started hugging me. And I was like, just get off of me, please. Like. No, no words needed to be said. Get away from me for now. He, I remember he woke up, he went to Lowe's and well, he knows about construction. So he immediately started covering all the holes in the wall. He had to fix it. He fixed it. Yeah. He had broken my phone. So I was like, you're buying me a phone right now. So he, sure enough, I went and bought him a phone. Um, he had, he, that night he was wearing a hat. So he tried to headbutt me face to face. So he scraped my nose. And that morning, my nieces and my nephews were coming over for breakfast. And he I ha- only had a certain amount of time to get it all together, did mm-hmm. he? No. He, uh, he, well, he fixed the one in our rooms. He fixed the ones in our closets. And, well, the door was, he was going to come up with a lie. I don't know what lie. I can't remember. I think he said he was playing with the soccer ball and kicked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my nieces came over. They saw me and they're like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. My sister was going to come up to the room and I, uh, upstairs because we lived upstairs. And I was like, don't come in. And she just looked at me. Like, she gave me that look. Yeah. I know what's going on, but I'm going to let you do you. So I was like, all right. My nieces came over. We had breakfast. We spent the day together. And um, it it was one of the things where what, nothing needed to be that said. That is such a... Yeah, so you said nothing needed to be said. You told her not to come up. She knew. I guess, would it have made a difference to you if somebody had just asked a little harder? Yeah. It would have. I know my parents knew or had a feeling that things weren't good between us just because the people who know me now, they know that I am very outspoken. I'm very loud. I crack jokes. I'm just laughing all the time. I Even when things need to be taken serious, I just, I laugh. That's who I am. And well, while I was with them, I was a whole different person. Right. Because like even we weren't hanging out. Right. Exactly. I had I had isolated myself from all my friends. What you came over to the apartment once, twice. 
Well, we never hung out while I was pregnant. Yeah, right. And when you came over, my son was already like was seven, eight months. Almost one, yeah. Yeah. So I had isolated myself from him just because I didn't want nobody to know what I was going through. Well, if nobody knows what I'm going through, it's not really a thing. And the people who did know or suspect didn't know for sure. But I think like so many times it feels like, well, it's none of our business. Right. But I do think that in general, especially in a community of women, we do need to make it our business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe in that moment, it wasn't the right time. But I do think maybe sometimes we can follow up. Absolutely. And they did. They would be like, hey, are you okay? That's all they ask. Hey, are you okay? Yes. And actually, the, my sister would be like, hey, our, our parents are really worried about you. And I would be like, well, why can't they come to me? Why do you guys need to sit there and communicate as a family and have these talks about me and my relationship and not come and ask me? They were like, well, we don't want to meddle in. I'm like, it's, it's understandable. Thank you for respecting boundaries. But there's all, I will never get mad for my parents chicken in, in on me. Yeah, but also you said something really key, right? Like, why can't they come to me? I, I hear that, and I'm like, I'm literally asking you to come to me. Right. Why can't they come to me? They just, you know, my parents have always been like, hey, you know, you choose who you want to be with. We're not choosing for you. If, you. if you need us, we're here for you. And I always had that in the back of my mind. I didn't want to be that daughter that comes back and be was like and be like, hey, my, my, my relationship failed. Even though I knew it wasn't right. So it was, it was always like, I didn't want to speak about it because the moment I spoke about it, it was real. I was in a abusive relationship. The strong one, the strong minded one, the outspoken one, mm-hmm. the one who doesn't accept bullshit from nobody who stands up to the bullies. How can that person be abused? And it was like, it was hard. It was almost like a pill that I didn't want to swallow as well. I was in that position I was being abused and I was allowing it I think there's a lot of pressure too because it's like well you made you made that decision like you chose your person and nobody's literally nobody's telling you this no you're telling yourself I'm telling this. myself this yeah so it was just like if I don't speak about it and I don't acknowledge it with someone else it doesn't happen I can maintain it indoors nobody needs to know even if they suspect it they're not talking to me about it which means I don't have to acknowledge it Right. Right. And I can still get to play family. Right. My cute little son, my handsome, whatever love of my life. At what point was it just like not worth it anymore? Um, It was my son was already born. He was uh, a year and eight months, I believe. He was a year and eight months. Um, Sure enough, his dad was drunk. Um, he wanted to drive uh, to get more alcohol. Once again, I hid the keys. And he actually went to the room. And I was like, okay, this is it. We're done. I mean, nothing out of uh, pocket happened today. Was I wrong? He came out mad. Give me the keys. He wouldn't let up. And I was sitting on the couch. I remember I was sitting on the couch. I was watching TV, trying to distract my son from his dad's behavior. And... Once again, he laid his hands on me. He was just hitting me. That day, I remember he used me like a punching bag, right? Going at it. Because I wasn't defending myself. I had my son in my arms. And I was trying to block him from... You were taking all the hits. Yes, I was taking all the hits. I was covering him. And I was still like pointing at the TV while I was getting hit. And that day, I was like, that's it. I am not... Before I am a girlfriend, before I am a stay-at-home 
wife or whatever before anything I am a mom and I have to think about my son one I am never putting my son in harm's way two I am raising a young man and I can't sit here and tell my son in the future hey respect others keep your hands to yourself you do not put your hands on nobody regardless of gender when at home he's witnessing his mom being abused and I said I can't it's gonna fall on me so that day I, I just grabbed whatever my son had on him I grabbed a diaper bag and I, I left to my parents house it's really important to remember that everybody's experience is different and this is going to be a three-part series this episode concludes at this part where she walked away there's more to come on that and the next episode I'm actually going to be working with someone who is a certified counselor for victims of sexual assault and domestic violence and so we really learn on that episode on how to meet someone where they're at. If anyone you know you suspect to be a victim of domestic violence, just stay close to them, show them love, show them compassion. You don't even have to acknowledge what's going on, but you will see the signs and you really do just meet them where they're at. Listen to the next episode. And if you want to share this information with your friends, your family, I encourage you to. But most importantly, what I hope that we all take away from this is extra kindness and openness in our hearts. Go about the future days of yours with a smile for anyone in the public that you see because you really truly do not know the heaviness in somebody's heart that they carry that they are not telling you about and your smile for someone can really change their day.